are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined once again by Adam Matas. Mr. Italiano, what you up to, dude? Well, buongiorno. <laughs> I'm <laughs> very excited to be back and talking to you. I missed you, man. I always miss you when I'm away. I was away for two weeks. This was two weeks. That was way too long. I'm 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 gonna go ahead and say that was way too freaking long. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're back in the states and made it back safely. Uh, you did miss a lot. I'm just gonna warn you. <laughs> you well, I, well I will say I, I did miss that sports onion of Kevin Durant's first article. I, I, I it's probably best that I missed it, but I, I did see that one come across the the wire, and I was like, oh man, okay, I'm checking back out. <laughs> <laughs> when I decided to check back out was when I hopped on Twitter today and saw that. Uh, Daryl Morey considers the Houston Rockets the favorites of the, <laughs> the the favorites next season. To which I said, like all of the Rockets, every single one of you guys, just shut up for a little bit. Just, just go away for a little while. Go to Italy. Adam had a blast in Italy. Go there for like ten weeks. It'd be great. I, it was. It's been a tough off season for Houston. Yeah, favorite is a funny word because like outside of Houston, nobody would consider the Rockets their favorite anything. Uh, <laughs> definitely favorite to win the. <laughs> definitely not favorite, but you know, Daryl Morey is giving a gift, and here you are upset about the guy. It is now two weeks before camp, or a week and a half before camp. We're still in the off season. We're almost out. There's light at the end almost of the tunnel. There. But here's Daryl Morey just serving you up beautiful little uh, assists. All you got to do is knock it down. Here's some content for you to talk about. I refuse. Screw you and your <laughs> hunger ball, Daryl Morey. <laughs> no, you know what's funny, though, Anthony, in all seriousness, every fan base likes to play the us against the world card. Like even the Lakers play this. Nobody believes in this card, which is the, it's even hilarious. Well, but the true, Rockets but are yeah. the only team that managed to make it like this insufferable where yeah. it's like, you know what? We are all against you. Now shut up and get away. <laughs> Not in a fun, like, underdog way. Just as in, like, you guys are so annoying. It's like when you let the annoying person cut you in line because it's just, like, to get them out of the way. I I want, like, the NBA MVP voters next offseason to be like, we didn't give it to James Harden because we don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to be that obvious that they, that they finally, I, their whining is hey, finally man. founded. Hey, man, I'm excited for Harden to debut this one-legged. Are you into this at all? Are you into it at all? <laughs> the one-legged. So he's working. If you don't know, he's yeah. working on all summer. He's working on this like one-legged sidestep. Basically, it's his his step-back jumper. But instead of going on two legs, he goes on one. I feel like it's Harden's way because I eventually like the league has to at some point crack down on guys throwing themselves laterally on their jumpers into defenders who are already in the air on the perimeter. Mm. Right. I feel like this is a long game play by long-term play by James <laughs> Harden. Look, I do some shoot this 40. way. Sometimes I, I do shoot this way. I promise it's a part of my natural. Right. Emotion. Oh, I see. Yeah. You know what I was thinking when I was watching him do it the other day? Because I think it's cool. I like when players try new things like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a creativity to what he does on the court and him putting in this move that nobody's ever done. At least I've never seen before. There's, I respect it. But here's the thing. I wonder if that move is actually kind of hard on your knee because I'm watching him. Oh. He's putting so much sidestep torque. Like imagine he takes a hit after he plants on that. I don't know. It's just something to kind of file away as he starts to debut this this one. It looks like that might kind of hurt if he lands wrong on it. Or if somebody steps under him, right? Yeah. All his weight is on that one ankle that's landing yeah. there. Uh, that's, that's a concern. 
look, I, I, I found it interesting just from this standpoint alone, other than like the joke I made about him, like asking for Carl's down the road. These guys are so effing good. And it's such a yeah. reminder that he's shooting the ball from 30 feet away off of one foot stepping sideways and, and backwards yeah like sideways and back it's it's pretty it's an impressive shot like, i'm not gonna lie when you see the video of him making like several in a row with a defender in his face you're like oh all right i'll give that to you that's a good i want one. it to become his his kareem skyhook that's what yeah. i want that's what i want hey oh. shouts to the rockets they got us through this first segment um <laughs> today's today's show we're gonna kind of bounce around because adam has been out literally out of the country not like phone not interested in in i wouldn't be interested in the nba at all if i was in italy either mm-hmm. uh but we are going to bounce around adrian wozorowski and zach Lowe of espn had a report today about the way that the league is preparing to deal with tampering right and i kind of think that's a that's some initial backlash in my opinion to some of the stuff that draymond was saying about lebron james and, and athlete empowerment i think it should be superstar empowerment so we're going to cover that stuff uh also in interesting morsels of of we forgot the 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 nene contract thing do you want to laugh at, about that for a second Sure, why not? That's more Rockets news for you. <laughs> Shouts to the Rockets. Shams Karania reported. So initially, I'll, I'll give you, since you were out of, out of town, the Rockets signed uh, Nene to a two-year, $20 million deal that was going to be this insane trade chip because of these likely bonuses that he could have hit and uh, would you know would basically be this giant loophole against When it says likely hit, what do you think these would have been? I don't know. Piss off at least three people. <laughs> no, <laughs> makes Nene, at least one free throw. Nene's like things should be gets in at least two fights. I I feel like <laughs> Nene can really handle his business, but uh, definitely can. <laughs> the uh, the NBA came back and said, "No, you can't do that. That's a very obvious." Uh, attempt at getting around cap rules and legislations so they came back and said that so that was that was worthy of a laugh the other thing that i found interesting while you were gone the team usa was a disaster out there they finished in seventh and as Mm. a result we now are having nba guys steph curry most notably among them saying that they want to now participate in the olympics and and you know be like a redeemed team all over again so that'll be the final segment We'll, we'll have some fun with that and figure out like what that team might actually look like because if NBA stars are really lining up to do this, mm. we could have an in- incredible team. So let's take a quick second. When we come back, we'll talk about Woj and Zach Lowe's report about the league trying to respond to tampering. Is there a better feeling in the world than hopping onto a website that has autoplay videos and then looking on there and saying, seeing a notification that an error occurred during playback and now this video cannot play? That's the best feeling in the world? It's, it's, it's up there. As a new father, I'm saying this is the best feeling in the All world. All right. Um, <laughs> did that just happen to you? Is it this did. Why you brought this up? It did. It's amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm in the clouds. Uh, so Adrian Wojnarowski and Zach again of ESPN. Uh, they lead this thing with the NBA power brokers descending on New York this week uh, for the league's board of governor meetings have reacted to the league's uh, buffed up, anti-tampering, beefed up, buffed up. Wow. Wow. 
(laughs) beefed up anti-tampering proposal with a mix of skepticism about its potential deterrent effect and concerns of privacy. So my question to you, Adam, we're living in this age of NBA superstar empowerment. Right. Mm -hmm. Demanding Mm -hmm. out of situations two years in advance of the end of of a player's contract, a la Paul George. Uh, The NFL guy, like people, NFL experts are are worried about the NBA effication of the NFL and and Jalen Ramsey and him trying to get out of there, too. My question is whether this tampering stuff has some has everything to do with owners saying, nope, I'm not cool with the way this is going down. You guys, as as our workforce, are not going to tell us, A, how to run our organization and then, B, not live up to the multi-million dollar, hundred of million dollar deals that you guys are signing uh, two years before they're even up. I mean, certainly there's a backlash, and I I think that we talk about player empowerment. It's objectively, I think, a good thing that players are recognizing that they have this power. The question is, what are going to be some of the repercussions of that? What what is the ripple effect, and is it always going to be a good thing? Is Is there areas where this could become too far, or has it already gone too far? And I think that's the real thing. So should players have the right to exercise their agency and take back control to some extent? Yes, but where's the push and pull and has it gone too far? And I think what some of the owners are afraid of is like you you look at the migration to some of these major markets and it's – I think they look at it and go, OK, how much longer is this sustainable for all of us yeah. because I, I'm not so sure that it is. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to be, you know, if I was the Milwaukee Bucks, I wouldn't want to be some kind of minor league team for a major market. Like, that'd be Those rumors, by the way, really picking up steam over the last week. Now, I first heard the Giannis to Golden State rumors like a year ago from, Mm -hmm. you know, pretty well-sourced people like, oh, there's some rumblings about this. Those have really picked up steam lately, and we're talking about... Giannis an MVP, Milwaukee the best record in basketball. Mm-hmm. This I, it's just another of these examples of like what's it going to take? What more do you want? You have a sixty win team in the Eastern Conference. Right. You have all these things for you. If that's not good enough to keep Giannis, what are we doing here? Giannis Attentucompo is, is my Ooh, joke. Is, go is that really really? Yeah. Okay. As soon as, as soon as he's getting ready to come to the Lakers, I'm gonna Attentucompo. Can... <laughs> there he goes. Attentulivo. Um, so... <laughs> So I I want to – look, the point of becoming a billionaire and accruing the kind of wealth that these guys (laughs) have accrued – no, accruing the type of wealth. Like they – how many of these these billionaires and and hundred millionaires – are are used to being told or being held accountable for for damn near anything okay sure yeah and that's why player empowerment i think is good is because there is in theory there is this level of accountability this two-way street but if you're if you're not used to being held accountable and this it's this brand new practice that 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 is being taken place or, or that is taking place on your doorstep instead of you know actually cleaning house and 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 making sure the organization is well run so that these guys don't leave. And even even in those cases, right? Like the 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 Pelicans hired David Griffin. They brought in, you know, uh, a great player development person. They landed Zion Williamson. It still wasn't enough for Anthony Davis to not want to leave anymore, right? Mm. So, you know, in to the owners, I guess a, a counterpoint that they'll make is even if we clean house, it might not be enough. But but rather than hold themselves accountable, it's 
it seems like they're going to the commissioner and saying, we got to try to cut this. We got to nip this thing in the bud. And and while it's never going to be this the, the way it was before athletes started feeling this empowerment, what can we do to to bring it back towards the middle a- area of the spectrum? And and my like, do you think there's anything they can do, or do you think Pandora's box is open and this yeah. is now the world they live in? Well, no, there's certainly things you can do. You know, my good friend Dave Dufour gave an interesting suggestion I haven't heard anywhere, and I'm sure there's flaws to it. But, you know, if the NBA is really concerned with this, but you want to allow the opportunity for players to, you know, force their way out, could you structure contracts in a way that make it so you cannot be traded? So, for example, a player signs a five-year deal. They could do the a, a max or a bigger max or whatever it is, but they cannot be traded for four years. Even if both sides mutually agree to it, it's just a you cannot trade. You get more money to commit for real for long term. Mm-hmm. You could take a little bit less money and you can be traded. There, you know, there is no no trade or whatever. I think something like that's interesting because then you're both making a commitment from the organization and the player, and there's a bonus to both sides. To me, that's what makes the most sense. As if you're known, if you're an owner and you're an organization, and you give up the max money, but you don't get the security of getting the player that you gave all that money to, to me, that's actually not a two-way street. That's an unfair balance yeah. in the player's favor. Oh, what if? What if? I, I, I'm cool with rolling along with that as as a possible fix. I guess all of the owners' worries about tampering and stuff, they all ring kind of empty to me until they're willing to say, if we sign a player to a super max contract, these these super max contracts, which to this point have been a disaster. Yeah. Right. But if we sign a player to that super max contract, the amount more that we're able to sign that player to doesn't count against our cap. Yeah. And we are now we are now putting our little <laughs> money, our our money where our mouth is, and we can yeah. tell that player we can make the team better around you, we can pay you more than anybody else, and and that's our our way to keep you in which you know city X, yeah. until I hear more something along those lines from the owners it just it sounds like empty whining to me because you know of course Giannis or superstar x wants to make the max the super max money that they're able to make but if that means that they are now subjected to the situation that Bradley Beal would be be in if he signed his super max or or the right. situation that would have arisen in Charlotte had Kemba been eligible for that super max contract like until i can as a player, make that money and not mean or, or not have that mean that I have less of a chance of winning, then the Supermax doesn't serve its purpose and the players should leave if they don't yeah. feel like they can have a winner around them. I definitely think there are some adjustments to be made, and I do wonder how the next several years are going to go. I mean, if Giannis ends up in Golden State, as is being rumored at least to be mm-hmm. something some people are concerned about, if that happens and we just have another Warriors dynasty built on this, just a roster nobody else can match. I mean, Giannis Curry, Clay Thompson, I mean, that's a, there's nobody that's going to be able to match that, in yeah. my opinion. So if we have another one of those, I do think the league's going to have to look at themselves seriously in the mirror and just say, what are we doing, and is there a way to legislate this out? And if not, are we in a tight spot that's going to start losing some fan bases? I think I, I honestly think that 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 um, you think that's it would go on that the horizon. Far. Well, I don't think it'll happen, so I don't think it'll <laughs> it'll go that far. But I think it could. Like it, under that circumstance, it certainly could. Yeah, I mean, and to your point, this is 
<laughs> I was going to lead the show today by asking you if this has felt like the longest offseason of all time. And <laughs> you know what's funny? It kind of has. It has, right? And I think that has everything to do with the fact that like this is such a fascinating season ahead of us. There are mm. it's it's there's what? 7 or 8 teams you can, you know, well, I guess according to Daryl Morey, there's one team and then seven other teams <laughs> that think they have a chance. At Everybody's it. chasing the Rockets, man. <laughs> but but there's like seven or eight teams that think that that can legitimately make claims to title hopes this yeah. year. And there's all these fan bases who like cannot wait to get to the season. And this stuff is all relative. You would think that a an NBA offseason with USA Basketball, with FIBA, a tournament that, by the way, was so competitive that we got crushed <laughs> uh you would think that that would help kind of shorten the offseason a little bit but no it didn't it's just it's just made it feel even longer i do wonder i always i'm getting a little bit of the fatigue of some of these offseason storylines and i maybe it's just because it's been oh, like five years of me covering the league and and some of the, some of these annoying offseason narratives have kind of lost their charm over time <laughs> not that they were ever charming i wonder if everybody else is kind of getting some of the fatigue that we get summer after summer you know, uh, some of this, which players are unhappy, who's going this way. I mean, those things are interesting. They push stories. They sell papers, all that stuff. But I do wonder if it loses its luster after a while. Not out here. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect answer. You're right. You know what? All right. Let's take a quick second. When we come back, uh, we're. I want to talk about FIBA, and you know, I don't know. I don't know if you saw Greg Popovich's comments about criticism of, of the team. Uh, I want to talk <laughs> a little bit about that. Um, I thought that was that was pretty peak pop there. Uh, but when we come back, we'll talk about that. The best team USA that the, that this country could put together, um, yeah. and how I, I kind of want to talk about how it would stack up if we got our best team together right now. How that team would stack stack up against the dream team? Because I would make. Oh my god! No. <laughs> okay. No? I think it's better. I think it's better. We'll, it. we'll, okay. we'll argue about that when we come back. All right, full full moment of honesty here. I threw in that last bit just because I knew it would make you so angry. <laughs> I beat the dream team like, my God, everybody mashed the turn off button at that moment. <laughs> All right, so I want to, you know, we're, we're backtracking a little bit. Again, we're playing some catch up here because Adam was out of the country. I have felt like I have been out of the universe <laughs> as a new father. Um, but I, so Team USA, they finished in seventh place. I want to start with Greg Popovich's comments here about criticism being immature and what was the other word he used? Uh, arrogant. Arrogant. There you go. Did you agree with his appraisal of the criticism? You know, I actually do agree with what he's saying. It's He's not the guy to say it. Yeah. I mean, when you're the one that lost <laughs> and everything, I mean, you just kind of own it. <laughs> not the, yeah, you're just being cocky. But, the, you know, the point does remain. I mean, I've said this for a while. If you remember the Kobe Bryant redeemed team, you know, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, great team. They barely got by Spain. I mean, that was a yeah. competitive game. And I've always said it has to do with a couple different things. Namely, the FIBA game is designed to create upsets and sort of, I mean, if you played a seven game series, even with this C version of Team USA that we had this summer, if you play a seven game NBA style, 48 minute series I with the NBA officiating, I think it would have been a little bit different. FIBA is set up to create some of these, this parody and these upsets, and it's always going to be the case. That being said, 
the world is good. You look at who dominated this tournament, Rudy Gobert. Nikola Jokic was really very efficient in the minutes that he played. Mark Gasol, Luis Scola. It's different than the NBA. The bigs, there's a lot of bigs, and all of your best bigs are international bigs. So Mm -hmm. while I still think the U.S. is and probably will be for my lifetime have the most dense uh, concentration of talent, it's not so overwhelming that – that you can just send your C version of a team and go out and be competitive even. Yeah, I I agree with both your points there. That one, it is kind of – it's very conceited to think that just because just because we have dominated term, tournaments and Olympics past that that should just always remain the case. We can't have seen the way Europeans and and other players from foreign countries have affected the the NBA on a league-wide scale and then now be shocked that those players are also competing and or beating the players that we are sending over there on a C like our C level team. We can't be shocked. And I want to stress this though. If it was an 82 game season, I think team USA would have, would have won eventually gotten to the playoffs and won just because Mm -hmm. a lot of what we're talking about is chemistry. This was a hodgepodge group thrown together and traveled to Australia. I look, I'm jet lagged from my last week of my nine day vacation. They went down all the way around the globe. Like, I do think that stuff matters more than the casual fan realizes. Um, but that being said, again, the world just has gotten really, really good. And in FIBA play, anything can happen. Are you excited about the the idea that Steph Curry is interested in playing in it and, and, yeah. and that other superstars? Might... I'm more interested in it. So I would have been – I would have rolled my eyes had Team USA won the tournament and – and then after that, Steph and everybody just kind of said, oh, that looked like fun. I would like to I'd like to compete in that <laughs> tournament. Right. That would have been really boring. But the fact that, yeah, we did kind of get stomped and now these superstars are interested in it. I would like to see our best team go and compete against these other teams because those variables you're talking about aren't going anywhere. What's interesting is when you look at like is Kawhi Leonard, I don't think is going to play is LeBron James. Maybe LeBron will give it one last go. But I mean, he's getting a little bit older there. Kevin Durant, I have heard it, it floated out that that's about the time when he'll be healthy again. Maybe he uses that as his like training camp to get ready for the season. That uh-huh. makes sense to me. So that could be fun. Is James Harden going to play? I mean, I, I just don't I'm not buying that this Team USA is going to have all of the big guns. Now, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, that's a lot. Maybe that's enough. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that team usa is going to be a full-on you know dream team redeem team quality uh of unit i think so you think it will be i think so anthony davis i think he's well i definitely think davis is going okay he's very interested well in... steph curry damian lillard and anthony davis is good enough to win it, i think <laughs> i hope so. that's a good start i think davis is probably the most important of those three players because as you pointed out the bigs are so good internationally that that you need somebody like that to be able to compete they are but man the way you put other talented players around steph curry and it's just i mean to me it's yeah they, he just opens up everything for i mean you. the good news is he couldn't lose a 3-1 lead in, in oh, olympic play <laughs> You're getting wild on me. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 I hope that they do, and I think that they will. Because again, like one thing we don't really stand for too much in this country is is 
being bad at something we should dominate. And this mm. is something that like even even with all the things that we said just a second ago about how arrogant it is for us to think that we should just waltz in there and dominate, that is the perception. That is the narrative. That is the vibe around basketball in this country. And and not being able to do that, I think there's value that these that these superstars will see in reminding people, okay, yeah, we're we're actually good in that respect. The other thing <clears throat> that I find that, you know, to kind of bring the last two segments full circle um, that, that I find really interesting here is whether the NBA kind of cracks down on the tampering that could take place if these superstars team up on the, the U.S. team. You can't yeah. like the amount of communication like you, you in the on that redeem team. All those guys said Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James. They said that the seeds of them to me those up, things aren't. To me, that's not tampering. Like when players are having isn't. dinner and talking about how how fun it would be to play. That that's different. You know, getting your agents to talk to each other and like plotted an escape. That's tampering to me. So I do think there's tears to this. And just saying like, oh man, this was real. This sure was fun beating Nigeria by fifty. Imagine <laughs> if we were doing this in the NBA. That's not <laughs> to that to me isn't tampering. <laughs> no, I, I. But like I, I think to Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I do think though that if the NBA is like really serious about tampering on this on this level, the way that and and the owners, this is all an owner driven thing. I think you and I agree on, right? And if the owners are really that concerned about it, and and I'm like, if I'm if I'm some small market team with a superstar who could whose superstar could be sent into this kind of a situation, and you have bigger market or large market players telling the whispering in this player's ear for an entire month while they're dragging the rest of the world as fellow superstars like that's that's something I'd be concerned about and and if that is something they're concerned about, I wonder if if the NBA even lets all this happen. The owners are going to have to be creative because I don't think you stop this train with just complaining and yeah. whining. I think you have to come up with a solution that actually is thoughtful and, you know, is something that makes sense. I mean, here's the thing. We talk about player empowerment. And I said I think objectively it's a good thing. Yeah. What I mean by that is objectively a good thing in that it's the right thing, like that they could have mm-hmm. as much power over their, themselves as these teams do. But it's not necessarily an objectively a good thing as in it's going to be good for the league. It's going to have good repercussions. And yeah. the owners, if they want to combat that they need to get creative not whiny yeah i wonder if they'll touch bri to affect this thing <laughs> yeah i don't probably not you know it's interesting i heard malcolm then they gladwell, don't care that much I heard malcolm, malcolm gladwell float out why don't players get ownership stake which i thought was kind of interesting now i think it's tough because you know how does that roll over i mean a player has plays for a team for five years and then he's out of there like with the you know, you can't keep giving ownership for the next 20, 30 years every time you sign a player. But <laughs> it was at least an interesting thought experiment. Yeah, I, I think you could hit like a certain stratosphere of career and you can start heading down that line. Like Dirk should have had ownership when when he finished his career. In, oh, in yeah. Dallas. So maybe it's like a 10 year bonus. Like, yeah, yeah, you play for a team for the same team for 10 years. You get the you can have ownership in it. Yeah. yeah who knows? I'm cool with that. All right. That'll do it for this episode and this week's episodes of the Locked on NBA podcast. Adam, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad this I'm glad was... I'm glad I'm back too, buddy. We will be back at it again next week. The NBA is back. Yeah, we're starting to get into, you know, media days and yeah. training camps are opening. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm giddy. 
I can't wait. <laughs> oh, man, I'm stoked. Have a great rest of your weekend, everybody. We will talk to you next week. Make sure, again, you guys are tuned in, not just on the rest of the shows on this feed, but across the entire network. And the NFL is in full swing right now. MLB is getting ready for the playoffs. Uh, as we just mentioned, the NBA is getting ready for training camps and stuff like that. If you have a favorite team, we have a favorite show for you. So tune into those. And we'll talk to you guys next week.